Hello. Hello! And welcome to another episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast discussing the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage. I'm Alex. And I'm Helen. And today we thought we'd have a super fun and uplifting episode about rejection. <laughs> I mean, I don't actually have that much to say about this topic because I've never been rejected. So, um, Alex, it's just going to be you from here on in. It's just (laughs) me. Cool. Well, I mean, I think uh, it's fair to say that in all walks of life, people experience rejection uh, in all of its wonderful forms. But um, as musicians and singers in particular, we encounter rejection more often yeah yeah on a pretty regular basis i think so um yeah we'd like to use this episode uh to encourage you to expect rejection to live with it and embrace it in as positive manner as you can really so that when you do encounter it not if but when you encounter it it doesn't overwhelm or debilitate you really um yeah so uh we'll kick off this episode by Talking about the idea of trying to normalise rejection, uh, you know, despite the fact that it's so common for musicians, uh, we never talk openly about rejection and somehow every time we face rejection, uh, we're taken aback by the mental and the physical effects that it has on us. So our first yeah. section will be normalising it. Uh, we'll then talk about how important, therefore, it is to how to keep motivated despite this constant rejection um for example what if what if you've just had a rejection email that morning and that evening you have another audition how do you pick yourself up and and deliver a fresh new audition then uh we will talk about different ways maybe that we can handle rejection firstly the idea of taking ownership of what happened in and around the audition Um, Yes, obviously, there may have been external factors impeding your performance that you had no control over. But what positives can you take away from the experience to improve your next audition experience? Secondly, the idea of accepting the fact that you won't feel good. You know, it's normal to feel a bit down after some potentially bad news. So don't beat yourself up or squash these feelings. Thirdly, uh, we'll talk about the idea of going back to the people that you trust. Uh, We've spoken on this podcast lots of times about the idea of having sort of a core handful of people around you whose opinions you value and trust. So go to them and and let them help you. Uh, And fourthly, uh, how to deal with that... uh, maybe sour taste that you get when you see another singer in the role that you auditioned for Mm. um how do you how do you deal with that that's quite tough i can't wait to talk about that uh but lastly uh we yeah we want to finish on a positive obviously this whole episode is going to be a positive embracing of rejection so you know we want to finish with the fact that rejection does not define you as a person or as a singer Full stop. It doesn't define you. So uh, let's kick off, huh? As Alex says, first off, we thought it'd be good to talk a little bit about normalising rejection. Um, it's it's pretty crazy when you think about it. I, 
but for most people in the creative industries, we have to apply for positions. We have to apply for opportunities. We have to apply for things that are going to further our craft and further what it is that we do. And so, yes, of course, it makes logical sense that actually rejection is going to be quite a common thing that we we face throughout the courses of our careers. And yet, throughout so much of our training, throughout so much of our education, throughout so much of our experiences in this field, we're not really taught how to to handle the the process of rejection, how to handle the emotions and thoughts and feelings that come with rejection. We're, we're also not really taught to even expect rejection. And yes, I can understand that many conservatoires and schools want to, you know, encourage their students to be the best and encourage their students to believe that, you know, they can get this opportunity. And if they believe that they can, then they will. And, you know, that's that's a great kind of mindset to offer to your to your students and pupils. However, you know, if you send all 100 of your pupils for one opportunity, that's 99 of your pupils that you, you know, poorly served during that audition experience, because they're still here not really knowing how to deal with rejection. And the further and further that we, you know, carry on into the craft, into the career, time and time again, you face more and more rejection. So we think it's really, really important that we normalize rejection. And actually something that I think came out in the in the acting industry, like maybe two, three, four years ago, it was, it was like hashtag normalize rejection, or it was like hashtag share your rejection. It was something like that. And lots of famous um, actors shared the stories of their rejections. You know, you had people like Scarlett Johansson, Jennifer Aniston, people who are hugely hugely successful now mm. they they were not just picked up time and time again you know they they faced knockbacks they faced difficult situations and they had to find ways to keep going and keep moving forward now I know the two names I've just mentioned it's not it's not the same for them as it is now for for many of us as we're just starting out finding our feet trying to find our way forward but I think it's really important to remember that you know everybody face faces rejection no matter who they are and I think sometimes you can look at your favorite artists and performers and think we well, are yeah, well they don't know what it's like to mm-hmm. to you know be constantly put down and to be constantly facing these these emails and letters saying you know no thank you not this time but actually the odds are that for many of these performers they do they know exactly how it is but I think what's sad is that we don't really feel able to share that we're all kind of in the in the same boat and so I think a really important part of this episode is us sharing that rejection happens to all of us and I know certainly yeah Alex and I are absolutely no strangers to rejection whatsoever Mm. and we like everybody else going through this process know how it feels and yeah I just it at, at the end of the day it's it's a part of the job. It's as much a part of the job as it is when you do the actual job. You know what I mean? Like it's it's as big a part of the of the career in the life being rejected. Well, I would I would weirdly argue that it's more so. So yeah, someone someone gave a talk to us actually in our last year uh, at conservatoire and said, you know, say you do ten auditions, you'll be rejected from nine of them. You know, and you will get that one. And that one might provide you with three months of work. 
Yeah, so it is impossible. It is impossible to get all ten because then what will you do? You'll have lots yeah. of overlapping work, and, and you'll you'll be you'll have too much. Um, so you know, if ninety percent of the time you are dealing with rejection, you got to get used to it because that's a lot of the time, isn't it? And it's just I I just find it mental that um, you know it took this visiting professor to come and it was it was supposed to be a masterclass i think but everyone was exhausted it was while we were doing a show and no one actually wanted to sing and she was like let's just sit ask me any questions you want and it was really really useful uh and she was like yeah it's a horrible thing to hear but but the honest truth is every nine in ten you will fail yeah yeah it's Uh, it's crazy but the moment you can understand and embrace that and think, okay, well, so it's unusual if I do get something. That's a massive burden in a way that's taken off your shoulders for each audition. Because not that, not that you want to go in thinking that, oh, I'll probably not get this. Uh, what's the point? It's a case of managing your expectations. As in, like, you're absolutely right to go in and believe that you're going to get it because you know that's the kind of attitude you need when you go into an audition you need to have self-belief that you are able to to do the thing that you're applying for however I don't think we should kind of fool ourselves into thinking that rejection isn't a possibility and I think sometimes that can be a bit of a danger some people are so shocked when they're rejected and it's like well there are particularly in in the UK there are so 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 many incredible singers going for the same opportunities and and you have to be practical about it at some point and kind of think well yeah the the likelihood is that I could be rejected from this and yeah back yourself when you're going in and you're delivering your pieces and you're giving it your absolute best shot but you never know you never know how these things are going to turn out and yeah it's crazy that that it took like a Q&A session and probably somebody asked the appropriate question to kind of lead to that you know constructive conversation for you guys there yeah exactly and in our last year as well by which point you know People are mid auditions or having done them already, and it's kind of too late, you know. Yeah, it's got to yeah, be. Yeah. It's got to be something as well practiced as your technique. You know, yeah. you, you become comfortable with a certain piece for an audition. You need to become comfortable with the feelings of possible rejection as well. Yeah, so that definitely. You can just get on with things afterwards. I don't know about you, but I find that the more. The more I apply for stuff, actually, the more I am accepting a rejection. I got rejected from something just four days ago. And, uh, you know, not a great feeling. However, there was a part of me that was like, yeah, I understand. It doesn't surprise me. It's the same kind of situation where it's like, we had so many great applications and we're really mm. sorry not to be able to take yours further forwards. Blah. And you're just yeah. like, okay you know on we go on to the next thing and you know I I I also know that in saying that if this were something I'd applied for that perhaps meant a bit more to me I perhaps wouldn't have taken it you know in such a chill way I might have been a bit more like oh god but I do find that and like you know when you're in these periods of having to audition a lot because you are looking for the next bit of work or the next bit of work or whatever, you are just auditioning all the time. And therefore you are, sadly, because that's the law of averages, you're getting more rejections. And so for me, it's kind of just like that first one is the worst. 
And, and once you're kind of past that and you start to get a few more, you are like, it's shitty, but this is par for the course. But I think an important point that we want to kind of hammer home here while we're talking about normalizing rejection is like being rejected does not make you a failure. Just because you didn't get the opportunity that you went for, it doesn't make you a bad musician. It doesn't make you a a poor artist. It's just, as we've said before, it's just a, a simple law of averages, really. So how do we keep our motivation up? Having rejection, rejection, rejection. What do we do? Um, how do we make sure that... For the next audition, we're not carrying around the emotional baggage of like, oh, but they just, they just rejected me. So I'm a terrible singer and my voice is terrible. Yeah. You know, what do you do? Huh? Uh, cash incentives. I turn to find, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> bribery. Nice, I like yeah. it. <laughs> I tend to find bribery works really well, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about you, Helen, but for me... It takes, I, I, I have to sort of like actively, actively make myself fall back in love with singing again. Yeah, yeah. To I get suppose, motivated yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've tried to like reframe some of my thoughts around, I mean, this career path as a whole. But like at the end of the day, it's like, why did I go into singing? And it's like number one I fell in love with the music literally like you're saying just there I I couldn't get over like how much incredible music has been written for you know a, across hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years so many different styles and, and I really I do love it all but also like I really like moving people and I like being able to bring this music to people and and for me these two things are like the two most paramount things so yes I might not have got X opportunity that I applied for. But for me, like the end goal is exploring music. It's delivering it to people. And so like, what what can I do if I didn't get that opportunity? Well, I have to kind of leave that at the door and I apply for another one or I head to my next audition that is, you know, tomorrow or tonight, whatever. And for me, just that, I don't know, I, I just find when I kind of, knew that these two things were the things that were kind of driving me to to stay in music and to be a musician um it doesn't necessarily make the rejection easier but it does make I've, I've, for me at the very least it makes it easier for me to move forward and be like okay <laughs> that didn't work next up the next one okay that sucks okay but what's happening next it's this and I need to clear my head to give the best account of myself for this yeah, I'm, but it's it's so tough to clear your head, isn't it? And just yeah. like not not feel, not go in with a lack of energy and like down. Because if you doubt yourself, then they'll doubt you. You know, how, oh God, yeah. how, how can you possibly go in like 100% like I am the best singer in the world for the next audition once you've just received an email saying you're the worst singer in the world? Yeah, I mean, flip an egg, like you can't let's be frank you probably won't but I you know I do have a pretty good uh like playlist um of like bangers that I put on and I try and like get some energy flowing and like get some you know juices 
flowing just to try and be like, okay, well, you know, this music always kind of makes you feel good. And it, it, you know, tends to lift my spirits a little bit, probably not as much as it needs to, but it's definitely better than nothing. And it's better than it was 20 minutes ago before I listened to anything. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to sit in a corner and cry. Yeah, no, 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 that's great. That's exactly what I do. Yeah, I have my go-to, yeah, my go-to little playlist. Yeah, Is it the magic flute from beginning yeah, to Yeah, how did you know? Oh my God, it's just monostatos. Yeah. <laughs> yes, music that initially sparked my passion for singing as opposed yeah. to, I don't know, violin music or something. And it's like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. Yeah, now let's yeah. go to the audition. It helps. And I did, like for some people, I know like positive affirmations can work really well, like that kind of positive self-talk. And I remember speaking to somebody about it, you know, and I kind of said, like, how can you say those things to yourself if you don't believe them? And and she was like, it's a kind of chicken and egg situation. Like, yes, you might not believe it the first time you say it to yourself, but if you're able to kind of like hear the words listen to what you're saying to yourself, then you kind of, your, your head space changes a little bit and you kind of say it again and there's a bit of like a like sense of reaffirmation there that actually, yes, I can do this. I am confident. I am good at what I do. And you're able to kind of, you know, on your own in the space of maybe 10 minutes, you've just been able to kind of re focus I guess where your head's at I have a lot of admiration for people that have managed to get themselves into a place where they actually can exercise effective positive self-talk because it really you know puts you in a position where okay you might have had some bad news a couple of hours ago but you might be walking into an audition now and you might be about to give you know the performance of your life who's who's mm-hmm. to say yeah maybe one day I'll try it I don't know. Yeah, it'll be tough. I don't think it's one for you. Yeah, you don't do nope. positive self-talk for, <laughs> mirror, for others. Mirror on mind the wall. yourself. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, I suppose if I have time, so not, not not on the way to the next audition, but say I have, I know, a couple of days, it's like taking the time just to jot down achievements that you're proud of so far so that you're not like, oh, I'm a failure. It's like, no, 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 I've actually done this and this and this and this and this. And I was really pleased with this, particularly pleased with that. Um, and these are the attributes of my voice that I actually quite like and think make me better than hundreds of other countertenors in the world. But fine, I, I know that I have things to work on still, but at least that sort of like brings me back up from like the, the pit of despair, which is like, oh, I'm terrible at everything. And it's like, no. I have I have some qualities to my name. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with that. And actually, um, as you're saying that, you were like, you know, if I have two days between auditions, I think I went through a period where actually, like, I was doing some exercises, and it recommended doing something very similar to that, like writing down, yeah, attributes that you feel make you unique as an artist or you know it it was it was a few questions but it was like attributes that make you unique things that you like about your artistry things that have stuck in your head that other people have said that they like about your artistry and I remember like writing it in the back of like a notebook that I had and for a period it was just something that I did return to a bit because I was like oh yeah these are still things that you know remain the same okay I didn't get that opportunity but these are still you know in a way what I kind of perceive to be like universal truths about like me as a musician and like these still hold no matter what what happens and um yeah I I think that's a really good idea like it it just 
can just give you a little injection of confidence perhaps at a time when you're when you're not necessarily feeling feeling that way and I think you know we we briefly touched on this idea in uh the recent episode uh that came out about auditions and we talked about you know if you're auditioning for for a music college or a conservatoire program or whatever and and you've auditioned for six and you've had let's say four rejections how do you go into audition number five and just these little ideas of yeah maybe it is positive self-talk maybe it is that you've got you know, some universal truths that you can look at and that you can think about. Maybe it is listening to some upbeat music. Maybe it is reminding yourself, you know, why it is that you're doing what you're doing. But I think, Mm -hmm. you know, each time we face rejection, if we are able to kind of change our mental attitude for the better, uh, that really serves you in good stead, like further down the line of your career. If we're able to kind of think about, okay, right, that's another rejection but tomorrow I've got an audition you know I now need to go through my steps as to how to kind of park these kind of difficult feelings and prepare myself for this next audition these are these are things that really kind of essentially they like cultivate a really strong mental resilience they cultivate a strong strong mental attitude and obviously for everybody it's trial and error isn't it you've got to find out what works for you like for some people, positive self-talk might actually be the key to to helping them with their with their rejections. For others, yeah, it might be listening to music, whatever. But if you're able to kind of figure out what it is for you that works best, then you've you've really kind of given yourself a an incredible tool as to because because as we've said already, rejection is everywhere. So learning how best to to kind of keep yourself motivated and keep yourself powering on. Yeah, my, I guess the my final little point on this is that you know, as we get further on in our career, in a in a way, each audition gets bigger and bigger and more and more important. You know, this is this is assuming that at the age of six, you're not auditioning at La Scala, you know, you're moving up the the pecking order, and then eventually you get to like, top auditions at top houses. So, you know, if you can, if you can work out how to deal with it now, then it's gonna, as Helen said, it's gonna stand you in such good stead so that you're not absolutely crushed later on down the line but you're prepared this is a call for helen daniels to costuming once again this is a call for helen daniels to costuming so moving on from how to keep motivated we then wanted to talk a little bit about handling rejection because no matter, you know, normalizing it, no matter keeping yourself motivated, yeah, it's undeniable that, that being rejected hurts and it's unpleasant. So what are the things that you can do? What are the ways that you can kind of process it so that rather than it just being a solely painful experience, it can actually be something that you can learn from and benefit from in the future. So um, as Alex outlined earlier, I think the first point we wanted to kind of talk about was taking ownership you know I think it's fair to say that I have been a culprit of this in my uh youth (laughs) I sound so old but um I would quite regularly blame other things for my rejection you know I would be like oh well they played it too fast oh well it was a really dry room oh well um I'd slept so badly so like I was never gonna sing it well anyway um you know oh well uh I saw someone I didn't like out of the corner of my eye and it just knocked me off and I forgot all my words you know (laughs) I there was always like 
a bundle of reasons as to why I didn't get it, you know? Uh, Oh, well, they knew this person and not me. Um, But really, having all of these, let's be honest, excuses, it doesn't really actually help you properly process the experience and it doesn't really help, help you actually properly process the rejection. So, yeah, I think something we have, again, talked about in the past, which we're going to bring up again because I think it's such a helpful, helpful tool, is to kind of walk yourself through that competition day, audition day, performance day, whatever. You know, walking yourself through what happened to you step by step, the time you woke up, what you ate, how did you get to the venue, what you like, what you were wearing, what did you listen to on the way, how comfortable did you feel with the repertoire, did you know it well, did you not know it well, etc. And in, you know, in breaking down your day into those kind of, you know, minutiae into into the details, you're kind of able to see like, well, okay, maybe that worked, maybe that didn't. Maybe that's something I probably shouldn't do again. Maybe I shouldn't eat a curry 20 minutes before my audition, you know? I don't know. (laughs) But maybe I shouldn't wear a dress that was actually two sizes too small because you thought it looked good, but actually you couldn't breathe. Helen of you know, 18, what's wrong with you? I don't know. But just things like that, it, you know, going through it almost like you're analyzing, almost like you're analyzing somebody else. Cause I think we are able to be more objective if we imagine it's someone else. And if we mm-hmm, read it as mm-hmm. if we're reading somebody else's audition day, you would probably say to somebody else, oh, that seemed pretty sensible. Did you think maybe that this bit doesn't kind of make sense here or like why did you only give yourself 10 minutes to get from your house to the venue when it's an hour away you know what were you thinking behind that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's so important to look at something in an objective manner not subjective because we have to have a, a remove because otherwise as you said we can't judge it properly all we're doing is attacking ourselves which is so unhelpful yeah, and as you said, if you're giving advice to someone else, then you can be constructive in your feedback. 100%. And I think like a good way of kind of h- helping yourself with that is on the day of the audition or competition, whatever, once it's all over, write it down. Write down what happened. Uh, and, and we've said this before, journal it, journal it down. And mm-hmm. then doesn't have to be on the same day, doesn't have to be the day after. But at a time when you feel okay to objectively look at how that day went um it's it's a hugely beneficial tool because if you're able to kind of analyze it take stock and then plan and prepare for future opportunities accordingly you know you're self-teaching and actually you know that's something we all need to be able to do as as musicians and artists kind of guide ourselves as to what the better improved version of what you just did was yeah, I sometimes I worry that taking ownership sounds a bit too aggressive. You know, you've got to own it. And that's not really what we're trying to say. But it is like, you do have to accept that that's what you did. That's the result that you had, you know, and and how are you going to do it differently next time? You know, how are you going to make your chances higher next time of actually, you know, getting that acceptance letter rather than that rejection letter? Ah, I'm changing! Our second tip for how to handle rejection is taking the time to accept that you might not feel great. You know, it is totally normal after not good news to feel down. 
So don't, don't, oh, well, I, I do this all the time. If I feel a bit down, then I'm like, for goodness sake, Alex, like, get a, get a grip. You shouldn't be feeling like this. Like, on to the next. It's like, no, just let me, let me have a minute. Let me have a day. I don't know. Just to not wallow. I'm, I'm by no means saying that. But just being aware, like, okay, well, I'm feeling like this. And it's having this effect on me. So I'm, I'm going to take the day off singing, actually. Uh, I'm not going to practice my hardest arias. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, work out what I can do, do something gentle, maybe, whatever. There are so many other kinds of practice I can do. I can prepare a score for my next big role. Um, there's so much that I can do that'll then gradually, when I'm ready, get myself out of the slump. Yeah. But, you know, I, I will be in the slump for a while and that is fine. And I need I, yeah, definitely, I need to learn to accept that feeling. Yeah, and I think as well, you you show respect in a way for your own time, energy and effort when you accept the fact that you're feeling a bit down. Because at the end of the day, as for any audition or opportunity that you apply for, most likely you've put time, energy, in some cases money, towards putting yourself forward for that opportunity. So if you get a rejection and you're feeling a bit rough about it, that's totally okay. And like, in a way, your body is processing the fact that you put yourself forward for this thing and you have hopes and aspirations that are potentially attached to that thing. And okay, it hasn't gone your way. And that doesn't feel very nice. And yeah, to immediately, you know, it's always that thing where people would be like, oh, well, I didn't get it, but I mean, it's fine. It's fine. No, I, di- I didn't get it and it's fine. No, really, it is fine. And it's like, hey, man, it's, it's also all right if it's not fine. And I feel the amount of times you've told me it's fine <laughs> makes me think Shows that, it's not. that it isn't fine. And for, for so many of us, as you're saying there, you know, as we develop in these careers, these auditions and these opportunities all have weight they have meaning they have promise potentially attached to them they have ideas you know especially if you're going for something and you're really excited about it and you don't get it then yeah you're likely to just perhaps yeah feel a bit low in yourself and as you say to accept it I think is is more well of course it's more compassionate isn't it it's you're you're being kind to yourself and that's something, you know, we could all probably do with practicing a bit more in this career full stop. But I think, you know, you're likely to kind of be able to pick yourself up a bit, almost a bit faster if you actually let yourself have that time to just feel a bit crap. Definitely. And also, I mean, it's like a, a tiny, tiny grieving process, isn't it, that you're going through? And, you know, it's it's said time and time again by people. It's like you have to give yourself... You have to give your your brain the time to grieve and to get over it so that you can move on. Otherwise, it'll rear its head in other ways. And yeah. it'll just bug you for, I don't know, it'll, it'll knock your self-confidence in ways that you're not really sure of and you're not aware of yeah. uh, and take you by surprise, won't it? So you've got to just, yeah, give yourself the time to to have that mini mini grieving process, really. Yeah, and I think in accepting that these are your feelings and this is how it is and this is how you feel. In a way, you kind of better handle the, the I want to say, but the highs and lows because, you know, this career comes with huge, huge highs and it also comes with big, big lows. But 
if we're able to kind of, you know, know that, like we said at the very, very start, normalizing rejection as a thing, it's important also to normalize the feelings that come with rejection, you know, mm-hmm. perhaps slightly lower self-confidence, sadness, grief, or as you say, Alex, you know, all of these things. If we accept these feelings, then we become a bit more used to them being a part of this career path that we've chosen rather than, oh, I must be strong and I must stay confident and and powerful and and on top of everything. It's like, God, you know, you just got some bad news. You'd be insane to not be a bit bothered by it, you know? This is a call for Alex Simpson to wigs and makeup. Once again, this is a call for Alex Simpson to wigs and makeup. Yeah, and then our kind of third little tip that we wanted to share, again, it's another one that we've mentioned before, but we're going to keep hammering these home because there's such bloody good tips. <laughs> yeah, we love this idea of having these kind of core people around you that we feel know you best as, a, as an artist and a creative person. With things like rejections, particularly if the rejection comes with some attached feedback, it's, you know, quite useful at times to share perhaps the process and the additional feedback with these people in your close group. Now, depending on your group and depending on how they support you and work for you, it might be that some members of your group, you just want to speak to you for emotional support and you just want to kind of moan about it and be a bit pissed off about it. And they're just kind of bringing you back They're they're making you laugh and they're just kind of, you know, showing you that everything's going to be all right. And that's, that's a really important part of this whole thing. But equally, there'll probably be people in that close circle that are a really important part of your creative process. And they might want to, you know, as we've kind of said that they might want to know exactly what you did during the day, they might want to talk to you about it, they might have some personal advice that they want to share, they might have a similar story to the rejection story that you've got that they want to kind of relate to you to help you realize that again you're not alone but also that these things happen to everyone and and these kind of situations are not uncommon but I think as well for me something that's important is like the sharing of it is quite an important thing to be able to feel able to to share that you've got a Mm -hmm. rejection I think is important because often I find I don't want to tell people because I don't want to look weak and I don't want to look like I wasn't good enough to get it, which, although that's the case, <laughs> I don't want <sighs> you to know that, whoever you are. Um, but it's in in being able to share it with these people around you that you trust. I know it's a corny phrase, but what do they say? Like a burden shared is a burden halved or something. And it's that idea of like, what? have you never heard that? No, what? <laughs> A, a what? A, pro- a burden no, no, shared no, is like a, a burden pro- half. What? A, it, I think Why have you cut the bird up? The actual no, no, a burden, not a bird. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a bird, but I actually think it's a problem shared as a problem halved. But uh, no, do the bird one. I like a bird. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's one and the same. But you know, in being able to share it with others and in in being able to feel their support and reassurance in some cases. It helps you. It, it helps you process it. It helps you grieve with it. And and these are crucial parts as to like how you're going to get over it in the long run. Exactly. And, you know, by vocalizing it with someone else, you're accepting it and you're making someone else accept it with you as well. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. the people you trust, you may get feedback from the panel and, you know, they've heard you one time for 15 minutes and your train was delayed and blah, 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 whatever happened and you were stressed. So 
that feedback can be really difficult. But you take that feedback to someone you trust, to your teacher or whatever, or, or to a friend's pair of ears, and you're like, do you think that about sometimes the way I sing? And they might say, oh, actually, they're not 100% correct, but maybe you should work on this. Uh, yeah. And they will give you tools to better yourself from that. So, you know, the, the people you trust by sharing that uncomfortable feedback and the uncomfortable news you've had, they will, they can look at it in a constructive and positive manner. For yeah, 100%. You, which is the only way we can grow and build from rejections. Yeah, and I think as well, just a tiny addendum on that is like, if you're able to kind of take these, let, let's say you did have some feedback and they mentioned something about your singing or whatever, and you take it to this team and you discuss it, and then you're all collectively working on it. Now it's not necessarily like a, it doesn't have to now be perceived as like a weakness, but it's actually like a constructive working point. It's a point that you mm -hmm. are actively trying to improve on. Like certainly a few years ago, I was so stressed about my upper register. It was just the thing that like caused me like all kinds of problems. And um, over the course of time, like my teacher and I, it, we worked so, so hard on it that now actually like, although in my head, <laughs> it's still like a problem area. I've got way bigger problem areas that I need to address. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's like you, you, you put time and energy into it because it was an area that needed to be worked on, right? And, you know, it's you and your, your artistic team, you know, the people that you trust. And I think if you're able to kind of be like, oh, I didn't get this opportunity, and then you walk it through with that team and they're able to help you, they're able to kind of make you see a, a different side of things, that can only... That can only be beneficial. I really do believe that. All cast, all cast. This is your five-minute call. Repeat. All cast, all cast. This is your five-minute call. Okay, and our last tip for how to handle this rejection is how to deal with that slightly sour taste that you get when you see... The, the other singer who's got the job that you auditioned for. Mm. Um, yeah, I know that what I do when I see them, I like envisage snipping out their vocal cords, which is cool. <laughs> no, I'm lying. Ha ha ha. Don't take that seriously. Anyone on the podcast. Oh my God. So dark. Oh my God. We'll literally <laughs> but, get put in chairs for that. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, you get so many feelings of like, oh God, I'm comparing myself to them and I'm so shit compared to mm. them and how did they get that it's so unfair you know you can really get yourself in such a, a little tiz uh, definitely God, I've done that so many times ha 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 um but you know it's again it's like yeah we need to you need to get used to that mm -hmm. and and it's a normal feeling just like you will feel sadness and grief if you know when the initial rejection letter comes you will also feel envy probably yeah. when you see someone else doing the job that you wanted that shows that you cared about it and you still care about it and you know that's that's where you want to be and and that's fine you can strive for that so I would say like the first thing is to sort of accept those feelings of envy and jealousy and yeah, be like, yeah. yeah, that's normal. That's really good. But then how do you then carry on and process that? You know, you need, you need to think like, okay, well, was that, was that really the right role for me at the time? 
let's be honest, was I ready to sing Brunhilde at the age of 10? Probably not. <laughs> Definitely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so much exaggeration. Yeah, uh, would that have been the right thing for me at the time? Am I ready for it, really? And then the, the more you go through those steps, the more you're like, oh, actually, it's okay. It's okay yeah. that they're doing it and not me. They're at a different stage and I hate them for it, but I'm okay with myself. And that's yeah. what's most important. Yeah. My um, my dad used to say about, like, job interviews, because, yeah, I used to work in, like, admin and stuff. You know, when I didn't get a job that I wanted, he'd be like, you know, you have to try and see it as, like, really, you weren't the right person for the job. And would you want to be in a job that you couldn't do? And I kind of... I kind of knew what he meant. He was like, wouldn't it be really rubbish to be like in a job where you weren't qualified to do the job or you weren't capable of doing the job well? Like, wouldn't you hate that feeling? And I was like, yeah, I really would. And so not every time, but sometimes when I get these rejections, I am like, well, maybe it was the case that I just wasn't ready for that. And although that hurts and it stings a little bit because I now see this person doing that job, that job that I really wanted, I'm I'm okay to kind of make peace with the fact that I'd have probably done a job that I wouldn't have been necessarily that happy with. Or, you know, I, I'd have put myself in a position where I could have been incredibly stressed, you know, trying to get it right and like trying to do a good job and trying to be all the things that that job, particular job needed me to be or whatever. So just trying to remember like, okay, obviously I wasn't the right person for this particular thing, this particular position. You know, that's how the cookie crumbles. And sometimes, I don't know about you, Al, but often it will be quite a um, time delay from getting the rejection email to seeing whoever got the thing that you wanted. And so sometimes I'll try and look look at like where I am now at that point and it'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, that person got it and I did go for that and I'm feeling a bit sour about that. But what have I done in the last, you know, uh, let's say three, four months? Like what are the things I've been up to that I wouldn't have been able to do had I been doing this particular job, just trying to, you know, refocus it back onto, hey, you haven't just sat here, you know, in a pile of rubble, you know, for four months, you've been doing lots, you've been refocusing your energies here, here and here. And these are the good things that have come out of that. So just trying to, trying to remind yourself that, yes, I know the feeling, that envy, and it it exists. It's, it would be, again, it would be, you'd be inhumane not to feel those feelings. However, trying to, you know, it's it's more like not wallowing, isn't it? You know, not yeah, yeah, not exactly. dwelling on it for, for an unhealthy amount of time. Okay, and then to kind of close out the episode, we just wanted to remind you, as we have about some other topics in recent episodes, but, you know, we've been talking about rejection a lot today, but... It's really important, I think, for for all of us to remember that, you know, rejection does not define us as musicians. Rejection does not define us as artists. It is unpleasant. It is hard to handle. It is complex and complicated. However, it doesn't make you any less of a musician. Essentially, it has very little bearing on, on you as an actual mm-hmm. musician, and I think if you can try and bear that in mind when you receive these inevitable rejections, we hope that that might 
put you in a better headspace and might stand you in better stead for kind of, you know, dealing with it, handling it, processing it, and then moving forward with your career, you know, as you should be doing. Yeah, exactly. Just keeping, it's got to be something, a rejection is never positive per se, but you've got to turn it into a positive and bounce off it onto the next thing. You've just got to. Yes. Because otherwise, what are we going to do? Don't be a singer. Don't be a musician if that's the case, you know. We need to get used to it and and just turn it into a positive because we can do that. Yeah, I hope that from this episode, you now have some tips to work through any rejections that you might get, but I'm sure you're all fabulous singers, so you won't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, be positive. We wanna. We hope that this episode has been uplifting in some ways mm-hmm. to listen to, and and you know, we just want everyone to start sharing more and more. You know, rejection stories. Not even a story. Just like, yeah, I didn't get that, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. these things are commonplace, and if we all kind of support one another rather than hide away from one another that 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 makes this industry a, a safer and easier place to be perhaps and i think that's mm-hmm. something we could all you know benefit from in the long run yeah for sure so uh with that in mind get in touch with your rejections tell us all the things <laughs> that you haven't got you know oh, so, so many Come gigs on, that share i haven't share done <laughs> Um, yeah, let us know. Uh, email us if you like uh, on uh, our email address. God, what is it? Sorry. It's where's my freaking dressing room at gmail.com. Well done. And Thank we also you. have via our website the contact form, which is www.wheresmyfreakingdressingroom.com. We're on social media. We're on Instagram at dressing room pod. We're on Twitter at dressing room PO1. And we're on Facebook forward slash dressing room pod. Don't forget to uh, subscribe, obviously. Five stars, review. Thanks very much, uh, particularly this episode because we've loved this episode. Oh, and uh, yeah, chat to you very soon. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.